You alright? How's it going? So I've already had to re-record this intro several times due to a crying child, a random bike going round in circles and my neighbour blowing up a hot tub. So buckle yourselves up because we're about to start talking about white privilege. lost on me as I am sat here ready to talk about white privilege being a basic bitch drinking Starbucks iced coffee. <laughs> Try not to judge me too much. Not that I really care, by all means judge me, but it's some good shit. So the media has been running wild with that, what they consider to be the passing media trend of discourse around racism. Now it's not really a passing trend is it and I think one of the things that's come up quite often is white privilege and it's something that white people don't like talking about and I've found just in general white people kind of get quite uncomfortable talking about race just generally speaking and it's it's about time we just fucking got into it, isn't it? So let's get into it. Hydrate with some of my uh, iced coffee. So white privilege is something that kind of makes a lot of people feel low-key guilty and uncomfortable. And the way I will present it is white privilege tends to be instantly countered with people trying to find a point at which they can also speak about how they've experienced hardship but white privilege isn't saying that you've not experienced hardship it's saying that the hardship you've experienced isn't due to your race so before bald-headed sunburn gammon gary jumps in with but i'm from a working class family Alright, Gara. I don't know who asked, but since we're sharing backstories, I think it's rather important to know what is the fucking relevance. <laughs> no one's saying that you've not experienced difficulties or hardships, but even if you were white and working class, even if you're white and you're female, you still have access to the privileges of being white. The second you were born, you were blessed with white privilege. And that's a fact. Is that we view racism as causing disadvantage rather than as a factor in our own advantage. Shout out to white privilege unpacking the invisible knapsack as a resource because that is fantastic, would 100% recommend it. But we rely on a lot of things being a given and because they're so a given we don't even really realize that they're happening so let me take you into a little scenario let's get immersive with it so imagine that you are a 25 year old white man 
and you're out shopping for clothes in where do white men shop? River Island? Topman? Do people still shop at Superdry? Let's just say River Island. So you're a 25 year old white man probably called something obnoxious like Milo and as you're browsing through the loafers and the acid wash skinny jeans do you think that when you look behind you you'll see a security guard pretending not to be following you but blatantly is let's say if you as Milo are instead thinking about moving into a new house do you find yourself wondering if the reasons that your applications for housing have been rejected are related to your race do you think that Milo, with his socks and sandals, will be worried about whether his neighbours will be neutral or pleasant towards him when he moves in? Or perhaps Milo knows he can dress like an utter twat and act like a pretentious hipster without it being attributed to his race. Now, these are things that a lot of people consider insignificant and irrelevant. White privilege isn't obvious to us because it's invisible to us. Because we've grown up seeing faces like ours in media and in power structures. We see a sea of white faces in parliament, in congress, and we know that nine times out of ten if we go somewhere, the majority of people in a place tend to look like us. And white privilege isn't something that should be seen as deserved. It just is. You're born and you have it, right? And one of the things to consider is that with all the people in the workforce, white men hold the majority of senior management positions, whereas black men and women barely account for a fraction of that. Now, logically, we know it isn't a competency issue, which means that it's a systemic one. And we know for a fact, when CVs are being looked at, resumes are being looked at, people with non-white sounding names are rarely considered for jobs. Grace Hall is a white name. <laughs> Could it get any whiter than that, other than John Smith? And these are things that we've never had to consider because they don't affect us. Things like reading history and always being presented as a civilised race, even though we're the ones that went around colonising and forcibly trying to beat people into submission in order to assimilate to our culture. And then when they do so, we tell them to fuck off back where they came from, even though we're the ones who dragged them here. For me, it all comes back to the absolute bollocks that is the UK education system. In terms of history, up until high school, what, what realistically have we learned? We've sat there for half of our school in history to talk about Henry the Adulterer and his fucking wives all being beheaded, dying or actually living. We wax lyrical a little bit about the Tudors and the Stuarts. We probably learnt about some of the kings that weren't half as interesting or memorable. Uh, gunpowder plot, 
World War One, World War Two, sorted, right? There's an entire period of history we're missing that is the reason why I have heard people say things like, at least we never had slaves in England. <laughs> Sorry, Becca, that just isn't true. <laughs> we don't learn about colonial history. People are crying over statues being dragged down now of all times. Well, of course they are because no one even knew that they were slave owners or traders because it says philanthropist on the statue, right? And that's privilege, is that you could literally deal with taking people from their homes, naming them as property, getting compensated for the loss of property, and then you have statues put up, streets named after you, and what are you labelled as? A man who gives to charity. Oh, Edward Colston, what a great guy. And I definitely agree with the point of, well, if you're all okay with saying, well, it's not because he was a slave trader, he's put up for his contributions, which came from the slave trade, then why not put up a statue of Jimmy Savile and say it's because he gave loads to charity, not because he's a paedophile? Where's the logic? The problem is that people see racism as a political and an intellectual debate rather than a matter of life or death and survival. It's not a political issue, it's a human rights issue. Right, a political issue is how much funding should be given to schools and if you were a Tory you'd say none. There you go, that's, that's a political viewpoint. Not should black people be treated as second class citizens or is discrimination totally acceptable in the workplace against minority communities? No, that isn't a political issue, okay? And it's always people with fucking English flags on their Twitter names. It's like a calling card. I'm sorry if you have an English flag in your name and you're not a knob. But I suggest you change. <laughs> no, <laughs> just put in brackets, not a racist. White privilege is that 70-year-old woman with her permed hair with a picture of her on holiday in Ibiza saying it's not as bad as it used to be. Carol, really? Just because we're not stoning people out in the streets doesn't mean racism has suddenly ceased to exist. It's like people thought racism ended when Martin Luther King was shot. I just... That is why privilege is being able to sit there and say that that racism isn't your issue or that you shouldn't have to discuss it. Well, of course you can say that because that's your privilege is to stay out of the conversation because it doesn't concern you. I've also sadly seen a lot of women engaging in discourse around race issues and racism trying to talk about the similarities between female oppression, misogyny and racism. Intersectionality is obviously a thing, however, I think that people try so hard to avoid being considered privileged that they will find any, any kind of point of relation and it's not about you. The thing is, as people who have white privilege we can use that for good 
right? It's not all doom and gloom. It's not white people are the devil. I mean, historically speaking. <laughs> it's about acknowledging that, on the whole, there is no point of relation. Even things like the suffragettes deliberately diminished the diversity at the time of the British population when a lot of the people who were pushing for women's rights in the UK at the time were Indian women who then later pushed for women in India to get the vote as well. And these things are excluded from history, completely whitewashed, and before you know it, what was a combined effort even to the detriment of non-white women is now all of a sudden a white achievement. And this is why it's so important just to acknowledge that white privilege exists. Because denying it doesn't make it cease to exist. Just because it upsets you doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Because if that were the case, my neighbours would have been thanos out of existence. I've had a lot of people also mention, what would you do if your neighbours listened to the podcast? And if you are listening, I'd like to say... You wouldn't be such an asshole if you weren't out blowing up a hot tub every hour on the hour or letting your dog go out and bark at seven o'clock in the morning. So if you sort that out, we can be friends. But until then, every time you pop up when I'm recording, I'm probably going to slag you off. But anyway, another example of white privilege in action is media coverage on Black Lives Matter protests versus far-right protesters who were allegedly trying to protect a statue which was already covered in a barrier. The Black Lives Matter protesters were portrayed as inconsiderate, as clashing with police and rioting. The far-right protesters, even though they were seen pissing on statues, throwing Nazi salutes in front of cenotaphs, even though they were allegedly there to protect these sacred memorials, and shouting No, it's fine, honestly, I wanted to hear all of it conversation. (laughs) Could you fucking make it up? Anyway, as I was saying before, I was interrupted for the 50th time. They were seen shouting derogatory terms and yet the media mainly came at an angle from, oh, far right. No, they didn't even, a lot of the news outlets actually didn't label them far right. They said counter-protesters, which is hilarious in itself because if you're counter-protesting anti-racism protests, does that make you pro-racist protesters? But they referred to it as skirmishes with police, scuffles with police. They were literally trying to batter them. And there was that one video of that weird guy looking like he was shuffling and dancing, but it's so reliant on perspective and context. And once you start to notice these things, it's hard to ignore them. And people say things like, well, that's a little bit dramatic, you're thinking a bit too much about that, you put too much thought into it. But it's not because the language we use is so, so important. If I start getting irate at work, at most I can be labelled difficult or bossy by men. If a black woman gets moderately irate in the workplace, it is immediately labelled as the angry black woman, which is a trope that has plagued 
black women for decades and a lot of women who were part of X Factor at some point or another have come forward speaking about their experiences. Now I never watched it that much other than the auditions that made me cringe so severely I had to turn them off. I think it was Misha B and Alexandra Burke. Now Alexandra Burke said she was told to essentially tone down her appearance to assimilate more to a white audience and to appeal to them, including suggestions that she should bleach her skin. Misha B was presented as too competitive in a competition and basically presented as the angry black woman. She was apparently getting into it behind the scenes, behind the stage and stuff. And anyone who listens to Louis Walsh's opinion anyway is a fucking not bad because he does not know what the fuck he's talking about. But these women are coming forward with their experiences. These are things we'd never think about or consider when watching shows like X Factor. Although I don't know who still watches X Factor or why anyone ever did. But point being, if I went up on stage, one of the only things I'd have to worry about in terms of societal norms is my weight. I wouldn't have to stand there and worry about whether my hair was appropriate, whether my attitude would be construed as too competitive or too aggressive, because I've never had to think about those things before. You know, back before the big corona hit, if I went into Superdrug and was looking for a hair product, I'd have an endless supply. It's just not some fuck's sake. Six times. Six times I've had to start and stop this. As I was saying, these are things we take for granted. We're so well represented that of course it will never cross our minds that other people have to struggle just to be taken at face value without prejudice immediately being attached to them. And I'd like to kind of round this off because it's a relatively short stop because there's a couple of resources I want to put in the show notes if you're interested that I would 100% recommend. Even though I would advise that if you are interested in the resources you go to the Podbean page instead because Spotify lumps all of the notes together and I don't need to look like more of an illiterate fuck than I already am. And I just think they're really good to read through. Um, they're insightful and they're far more eloquent than my self-audio mumbling. And you wouldn't have to deal with half as many interruptions. But all I will say is we need to all be more aware of the privilege we have in order to better use it to elevate voices that need elevating and to open up a platform for people to speak that deserve it because it might be a given to us but that doesn't mean it's a given to everyone and if you actually stuck through the 50 billion interruptions props to you because you could do with an award and that's the that on that racism does exist don't listen to Gary Gammon and Katie Hopkins has been booted off Twitter (laughs) hurrah I hope you could laugh at my expense and find any kind of amusement or education or information in this and have a good one.